Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Father Trevor. We're in this series in this season of Easter called Life in Jesus and looking at what it means to live our life in and through him, what it means that Jesus lives his life in and through us because he is alive, we can be united to his life. And throughout this season of the church year in our lectionary, which is our list of readings that the church gives us, we have all of these statements of Jesus that start with, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of heaven. This morning, I am the good shepherd and I am the sheep gate. Next week, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The week after that, I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus is actually telling us what his life is like and giving us these images, these pictures that teach us how to live our life in him. And so today we want to see what does it mean that life in Jesus is a shepherded life? Life in Jesus means being shepherded by the good shepherd. When I was 10 or 11, um, I went to summer camp for the first time with my older brother, Travis. He was a year older than me. It was his first time too. And after the first day of, you know, swimming in the lake and going to the archery range and going to chapel and doing all these different things, we got into our cabin and the counselor did lights out and I quickly fell asleep, only to be awakened a few hours later when the lights were back on again and kids were running around and shouting and yelling and using words that I'd never heard before and starting to bully one another and actually be really, really mean to one another. And I looked over to where the counselor was and he was gone. His bed was empty and came to find out later in the week that he would lie in his bed until he thought everyone was asleep and all the campers who'd been there before were pretending to sleep. And then he would leave and go out to the dining hall and hang out with his friends and in particular, his girlfriend. And I remember just feeling so alone and abandoned in this chaotic uh, group of campers. A friend of mine in the cabin next door actually had to leave and go home a week early because he'd gotten beaten up by someone in his cabin. We've all had experiences of being unshepherded. We've all had experiences when the person who is supposed to be responsible, the person who is supposed to be in charge, the person who is supposed to be leading and caring and guiding us has walked off on the job, has abandoned and abdicated their responsibility. They don't show up spiritually. They don't show up emotionally. They don't show up physically. Some of the first places we experience this are in our families. We sometimes come from families where we were unshepherded or schools where we were unshepherded or other situations in life where the person responsible was not responsible. Bible talks about this reality in this metaphor of sheep and a shepherd. And throughout the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, 
God constantly says, I am the shepherd of the sheep of Israel. I am the shepherd. And when we, as Isaiah, the prophet teaches us, we're like sheep who went away from the way of God and we're opened up to so much danger and hurt and false shepherds and thieves and robbers and wolves and hired hands. Jesus is the one who comes to us when the only thing in it for him is more pain and more suffering. He doesn't walk away from his responsibility. No, he shows up. And he shows up to lay down his life for his sheep and to say, come live the shepherded life again. Come learn what it means to have a good shepherd, not a false shepherd. So many shepherds are just in it for themselves. They use the sheep to get to a position of shepherding. And so when things get tough, they don't love the sheep enough to lay down their life for the sheep. And so we think being shepherded, we think having someone lead us or guide us or submitting to someone is a bad thing because we've all experienced it as a bad thing. We've all been hurt by false shepherds. We have to learn that we have a good shepherd, that being shepherded is a good thing. That when we submit to Jesus' shepherding in our life, we don't give up freedom, we gain it. Because we gain the life of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And this morning, he wants to teach us what that means. It means listening to the voice of the shepherd, obeying that voice and following Jesus who leads us on his way and into his gate, finding ourselves as part of the flock of Jesus. Will you turn with me as we study this passage together? John chapter 10. If you're reading from one of the Bibles in the seats in front of you, it's page 1362. And as you open up this section of chapter 10, I just want to divide it into these three sections that I've just mentioned. So if you look at John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6, the main image there is the shepherd's voice. Look at the shepherd's voice. Verse 3, Jesus says, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they don't follow, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Everyone hearing this for when Jesus spoke it in this culture would have seen this actually happen in real life. They'd have seen shepherds bring multiple flocks to a watering hole and not have to separate the flocks because they could all just intermingle and, and drink and then when it's time to go, one shepherd could call out and just those sheep would come and follow. The closest thing I could think like this is the old story you hear about a boy who finds a lost dog and he takes care of the lost dog for two weeks and then the, the owner of the dog shows up and they're like, well, are you really the owner? So, you know, one person stands on one side of the yard and the other person stands on the other side of the yard and they put the dog in the middle and they both call, come here, come here, come here. And the dog goes to the one who has the primary attachment with Rover, right? Dog goes to his owner. The sheep know 
the shepherd's voice. Maybe you've wondered, can I know the voice of God? Can I hear God speaking to me? Can I know his voice and not just what is my own voice or what is the voice of someone or something around me? In this passage, Jesus assumes you can. Jesus actually teaches you that you can know his voice. You can recognize it and differentiate between it and other voices, and you can obey it. You can learn to hear the voice of your good shepherd, because he is the shepherd who calls you by name. He calls you by name. You can learn his name because he knows your name. In the weeks since Holy Week and celebrating that all together, one of the joys uh, of, of this season for me is always hearing the stories of what God's been doing. And God works all year round, but there's a way in which at Holy Week, there's a concentration of seeing God work. And one of the stories I, I was really encouraged by happened on Good Friday, and the, the couple of people involved in the story uh, gave me permission to, to tell it to you this morning. Um, and I've got their kind of write-up of it. And uh, this young woman just tells about praying with someone before the service on Good Friday and having that person just pray a really short, simple prayer that she would know God as Emmanuel that night. Emmanuel means God with us, that she would just know God's presence with her. And as she came up to the cross, which those of you who weren't there, we, we took our cross and we kind of lay it down right here so we can come and um, participate in Jesus' uh, death. And she came up to the cross, and she was just filled with emotion. And as she was there and crying at the cross, uh, another woman came up and put her arm around her and sat on one side of her and stayed there with her. And then another woman came up on the other side of her and sat there and prayed with her. She said, I didn't know all that was going on, but I did know that the presence of Emmanuel was with me in those moments. That he was present in the cross, and he was present in my dear sisters who were with me. She said she got to talk to one of these other women who came and prayed with her after the service, and she said, I just wanted to tell you that you were the embodiment of this prayer, this answered prayer, that I would know God's presence with me. And she writes, the person she was talking to said her, her jaw dropped and her eyes widened, and she said, the words that just kept playing over and over through my head and that I was praying for you as I sat with you were Emmanuel, God with us. I had no idea that those words had already been prayed over you that morning. You see what's going on there? The good shepherd spoke to someone who was able to pray for someone and have the very voice of Jesus in them and through them. And then Jesus spoke directly to this young woman at the cross. And then he spoke to another woman who was then able to confirm it and affirm it. Why? Because Jesus is a good shepherd and he wants to teach us to hear his voice because of his great love for us. And I love that it was a simple word of scripture that was spoken because it's in scripture that we learn to hear and recognize the voice of Jesus. We learn to separate it from our own voice, and from the voices of so many around us. The voice of Jesus is the one who gives his life for us. 
Jesus' voice. And then in verses 7 through 13, the primary symbol here is the shepherd's gate. The shepherd's voice, and now the shepherd's gate. Jesus says, I am the gate to the sheep pen. I am the door. I'm the, I'm the way in. And he wants to lead us in. Jesus wants to lead us more into himself. Jesus has a way that we can follow, and he wants to guide us in it. See, the gate is about safety. When the flock is in the gate, through the gate, and in the sheep pen, they are safe. The shepherd's job is to keep the sheep safe. The hired hands, they run away. The thieves, they try to steal, uh, steal, but what does the good shepherd do? He'll risk his life to keep the sheep safe. I think uh, that Psalm 23, which is another passage in the Bible about the Lord being our shepherd, gives us another symbol to think about Jesus keeping us safe and guiding us. It says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? The Lord, the shepherd, is with me. His rod, his staff, they comfort me. The shepherd's staff, the shepherd's rod, rod's just an old word that means stick. But you've all seen the shepherd's staff with the curved end. That staff is so Jesus, the good shepherd, can guide us and protect us. A shepherded life is a defended life. That Jesus actually gives up his life to keep us safe. Living under the good shepherd's staff means living a defended life. We're all so used to being unshepherded that we have to defend ourselves. We have to self-protect. We have to build our own sheep pens, our own walls, our own defenses. But we were meant to live in the defense of Jesus, the good shepherd, with him protecting us. He is the gate. He is safety. That's what it means to live under the shepherd's staff, the defended life, but it also means the disciplined life. Maybe you've heard the proverb, the, the proverb from the Old Testament, spare the rod, spoil the child. That word rod does not mean a stick that you go get in the, from the woods to hit a child. That's not what rod means. That rod is a shepherd's staff. And if you think about God as someone who has a big stick, who's ready to get you when you screw up, that is not the voice of the good shepherd. That is not who God is, and that is not who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't carry a big stick. He carries a shepherd's staff because he's going to use it to protect you and defend you, defend you from others, the thief, the robber, the wolves, but also defend you from yourself, defend you from going astray, from going out of his own way. That's what it means to be disciplined by the Lord. I read this story that I thought it couldn't be true, but I actually found it in a uh, the Washington Post, and then in the, the Sun-Times, so it's, it's verified by journalists um, to some extent. But it happened about 10 years ago in Turkey, where some shepherds watched a single sheep jump off a cliff. And then they watched another sheep follow it, and another, and another. And 
before long, a thousand sheep had jumped off this cliff. Now, the, the headline said 450 sheep um, commit suicide. <laughs> and the reason it was 450 is because by the time the first few hundred got down there, the landing was so soft. Isn't that sad? <laughs> but kind of funny, but then you feel bad for laughing. Jesus wants to protect us from the cliff. Jesus knows that there's a way and that if left to our own way, we will be in danger. And so he gently and in love takes his shepherd's staff to guide us, to correct us. We all know that children need taught what is dangerous, that the stove can be dangerous, that the street can be dangerous, that the internet can be dangerous, that Shopkins can be dangerous. They all need taught this, right? To not teach them is not loving, is not shepherding. And so Jesus, the good shepherd, disciplines those he loves. He corrects, he trains, he guides, he disciples. When you hear discipline, think discipled. You're being taught the way of Jesus. False shepherds have their own agenda. Verse 10, they have their own way. It is to come to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is the unshepherded life away from Jesus. But Jesus has a way too, and it's the way of life, life to the fullest. Jesus' way is green pastures. Jesus' way is still waters, restored souls, cups running over, goodness and mercy chasing after you. Jesus' way that is that though you're surrounded by death and enemies, he sets a table for you. Jesus' way is truth about the danger of your way and the danger of the way of false shepherds. It is the way of life. And we can learn to hear it and obey it. We can submit ourselves to the defending and disciplining staff of the shepherd. Dallas Willard, a Christian writer, once said, the Lord is my shepherd is written on many more tombstones than lives. It's one thing to say. It's another thing to submit your life to the teaching and way of the good shepherd. When you do that, you don't give up freedom, you gain it. Now, not only does Jesus, the good shepherd, discipline, but the church does too. And this is what the Apostle Paul's talking about in Ephesians 5 when he says, submit to one another. That we actually together learn to hear Jesus' voice to hear his voice in scriptures, and to learn together how to walk in the way of Jesus, to guide one another, to lovingly correct when necessary, to defend, to protect, that we do that for one another as we listen to Jesus and submit ourselves to him. We live the defended life and the disciplined life as Jesus guides us by his staff through the gate. Finally, we live the shepherded life as part of his flock. This is verses 14 through 18. 
I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. My own knows know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he says, and I have other sheep who are not yet a part of this sheep pen. And I must bring them also, that they will listen to my voice, so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. Who is the flock that Jesus is talking about? Who is the flock that he takes responsibility for? I was reading a story from a former professor of mine who's planting a church in Westmont, Illinois, which is a little bit east of here. He said he was at a meeting with his church plant team and one of his, his, his leaders was, was disappointed. Why aren't more people being gathered in? Why are there only the, the, the 50 of us there on Sunday morning? And this professor said, well, who, who is our church? Who are we connected to? Who are we responsible for? Is it just the people who are here on a Sunday morning? Or is it all those people in each of our lives that God is calling us to? A, a couple months ago, we all felt and prayed and asked the Lord to speak his voice to us and to tell us, who is it that you're calling me to share your love with? Who are you calling me to invite to be shepherded by you? And many of us felt the Lord speaking specific names to people. I had, I, I've had so many people tell me, like, I, I didn't know. And then I prayed, and then the Lord spoke to me. Because he has sheep that are not yet a part of this flock, and he is sent to them also. When we think about our church, when we think about City of Light, our flock that we're responsible for, yes, it's, it's all of us who are here on a Sunday morning, but it's every single person in your life that Jesus has sent you to. That we go from sheep under the good shepherd to other under shepherds, inviting others to be sheep under the good shepherd. That is who the flock is. That is who the church is. There are others who have not yet heard his voice, who have not yet become a part of it. But you know what? It is so easy to think not about those others who have not yet heard the voice of Jesus, but to think about our nice little flock and how nice we can make our little flock and how much our shepherds can take care of our sheep. We have an our flock first flock. We do this with our families. We want to have our family. We want to have our kids first. Now make no mistake, if you're a parent, you are called to shepherd your kids and to lay down your life for them. And we, we all need to grow in lay, laying down our life for our children, right? But a healthy flock, like a healthy church, like a healthy family is always gathering in those who need shepherded. Jesus laid down his life, not just for the flock. It says he laid down his life for the sheep. For every unshepherded soul, for every unshepherded person, that is who Jesus came for. Maybe you have felt the absence of the good shepherd. Maybe it's hard to even imagine what it would be like to live a shepherded life 
Maybe you're so used to being unshepherded, like so many of us, that, of being on your own, of having only your own voice to trust, of having to defend yourself, of trying to find the right way on your own, of trying to find a flock to be a part of, trying to figure out who's a robber and who's a thief and who's a false shepherd and who's a real one. We all have these experiences of being unshepherded. But praise the Lord, Jesus has come to be your good shepherd. And he invites you to be shepherded by him. He invites you to bring him all those experiences where a false shepherd has left you out to dry so that he can come and bring you care and healing and guiding. I remember a vulnerable moment for Bonnie and I. Driving home from a doctor's office where they did not find the heartbeat. And within an hour, one of our pastors was with us, sitting on the couch. She stayed there for hours. She was with us. She was shepherding us. What a gift it was. It was a life-changing moment to be shepherded like that by her presence. And in learning to receive the shepherding of others, I'm slowly learning to receive the shepherding of the Lord. These last couple of years of church planting for Bonnie and I, it's been the hardest thing we've done. It's been the most joyful thing we've done. It's been so amazing to build all these new relationships with so many of you. But every part of our life got turned upside down. And I'm so grateful for the shepherding of men and women in the church who have shepherded us, who have guided us, whose voice we could trust, who could correct us and have corrected us, and who have led us and who have cared for us. And that's helped me receive the shepherding of Jesus more and more. That in those moments where I feel surrounded by the shadow of death and, and by enemies and not knowing who, who's who and what's what, that it's Jesus, the very person of Jesus, the living, alive Jesus who comes, who's with us, who's with you, ready to speak to you, ready to defend you, ready to discipline you ready to make you part of, of his flock and send you out to bring others into his flock. You can experience the shepherding of Jesus. You don't have to live an unshepherded life. You don't have to always defend yourself or only listen to yourself or find your own way. You don't have to bear the unbearable burden of self-shepherding. You can find a shepherd in Jesus, a good one find a shepherd in the church. You can trust Jesus because he's strong enough to defend you. You can trust him because he loves you enough to give his life for you and to discipline you. You can trust him because he has walked the way of life and he will show it to you. You can trust him because he will come for you. Like the shepherd who leaves 99 sheep and goes after the one. He will always come for you 
to bring you back to the flock. Because Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Will you pray with me? Maybe you were part of the flock of Jesus and a shepherd hurt you. And you've been away. And this morning, Jesus is inviting you back. He's actually come to find you. You thought you came here to try to find him, but he's actually, he's actually coming to find you. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to protect you. He wants to bring you healing. If that's you, I just want to invite you to bow before the shepherd's staff. To come through Jesus, who is the gate, back to the good shepherd. You can trust him. Maybe you've never given your life to the Good Shepherd. You can do that. You can come to Him and submit to Him and bow before Him. Maybe you've lived your life with a my flock first, my family first in an unhealthy way. And Jesus is calling you to go with Him to search for the one. To go with him in his shepherding ministry of finding all those who are not yet part of the flock. Maybe you even know exactly who that person is right now in your heart. Because Jesus' voice is speaking to you. Lord Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We bow before your staff. We know it's our protection. We know it leads us into life. We know on our own we go and walk a way of sin and danger. We want to walk your way of life, Lord Jesus. We want to enter through you the gate. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We need to hear your voice. We need to hear your defending and disciplining. Make us part of your flock, Lord Jesus. And bring many who are not yet a part of your flock here that they might hear your voice follow you. Amen. It may, be, um, it may be that the Lord would just invite you this week to say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I want to hear your voice. That when you go to the scriptures this week, later today, tomorrow, that you would open up your Bible and say, Lord, I want to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. I commend that practice to you this week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.